from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. We like to bridge the gap between what happens on the field and what happens in the front office. Coming up on today's show, we have some more news about the Giants' managerial search that seems to take up a lot of our time. That's kind of a brief update as opposed to a big episode-long story about the search. And as promised yesterday, I want to talk about this under-the-radar claim of Tyler Anderson from the Colorado Rockies. So that's actually where I want to start today because, you know, the managerial updates are just updates as opposed to a major story. But Tyler Anderson, this just a little bit reminds me of, for example, the Alex Dickerson trade that, you know... When it first happened, most people didn't really know who he was or what the Giants were even doing. Plenty of people were upset that they gave up Franklin Van Gerp for Alex Dickerson. But at the time of that trade, I said that I liked it quite a bit for the Giants. And he turned out to be as advertised and more. I mean, my goodness, the way that Alex Dickerson played for that one month was like an MVP level performance. Of course, it wasn't sustainable, although there was a lot of sustainability within what he was doing. It's not like it was all fueled by luck. He was playing like Babe Ruth, so he wasn't going to keep playing like that. But, you know, the injuries really slowed him down, of course, and he wasn't able to kind of come back from missing a bunch of time and playing sporadically down the stretch. But definitely a guy I would look for them to just keep in the mix and someone who's capable of playing well, especially against right-handed pitching. So, This Tyler Anderson claim has a similar feel to me on the pitching side. He's someone that the Rockies kind of gave up on seemingly because he was injured last season and struggled while dealing with injuries. That's kind of the story of Dickerson as well. But when he's on the field and when he's healthy, he's been a productive starting pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, which is hard to say about too many of their starting pitchers. So he was actually the Rockies' first round pick, the 20th overall selection in 2011. And he made his Major League debut in 2016 for the Rockies, appearing in 19 games, 19 starts, throwing 114 and a third innings with a 3.54 ERA, a 3.59 fielding independent pitching, and a 3.64 expected fielding independent pitching. He also was allowing just 0.94 home runs per nine innings as a member of the Colorado Rockies over 114 and a third innings. So that was just a phenomenal debut season for Tyler Anderson, worth two and a half Fangraphs wins above replacement in less than a full season of work. So he was really looking like a good young pitcher for the Rockies and someone who was going to help them turn the corner. And he did. So then in 2017, the performance was similar except in the fact that he started allowing more home runs, which is basically what you would always expect out of someone who has to pitch half the time at Coors Field. So in 2017, in 
86 innings. I don't know why he missed so much time. I assume he was injured in 26, uh, 2017. But he had a 4.81 ERA, but the expected fielding independent pitching was down below 4, which just essentially suggests with a normal home run rate, a league average home run rate, he would have been better than average. And the ERA wasn't really reflective of what he might do if he was in a more normal environment. So then in 2018, he was healthy through 176 innings and was more or less a league average starter adjusted for the ballpark, put up about two Fangraphs wins above replacement during that full season. So what I'm seeing here basically is that he's an average starter. There's been some good, there's been some bad, and there's been some in between. And overall in his career, his ERA, fielding independent pitching, and expected fielding independent pitching are all just about league average. And so league average is good. League average in the major leagues means you're a quality player. And the Giants in their starting rotation could use some league average. So the thing about Anderson, he is currently hurt. He had knee surgery in June and it caused, you know, I'm just assuming it had a lot to do with his dreadful 2019 season in just 20 and two thirds innings. And what really did him in last year was the home run rate, three and a half home runs per nine innings. That's just ridiculously high. He allowed eight homers in 20 innings. So I'm going to try to find a Giants starting pitcher who has been league average most recently to kind of compare the production that you might expect from Tyler Anderson if he's healthy. Someone who was kind of close to league average last season was Madison Bumgarner. He was a few ticks above average, but not that much. Sean Anderson was anywhere from 10 to 30% below average by ERA fielding independent pitching and expected fielding independent pitching. Tyler Beattie was below average as well. And by below average for these guys, I mean worse than average. So anyway, all that just to kind of make the point that league average is a good thing. And if you can have, you're going to need some stars as well to supplement a roster. But if you can have at least league average at all the positions and then mix in some stars as well, you've got a really good baseball team. So all that to say, I just really like the fact that the Giants put in a claim on Tyler Anderson and in a corresponding move they had to DFA Kyle Bearclaw or they chose to DFA Kyle Bearclaw. Although before saying that just one more point about Tyler Anderson. If we use StatCast data and look at the launch angles and exit velocities against him we can kind of see the expected performance based essentially on just quality of contact against him also factoring in strikeout and walk rates. So from since 2016, hitters had a 336 weighted on base average against Tyler Anderson, but the quality of contact against him suggested that number should have been all the way down at 307, so 30 points lower. So I just think there's a lot of upside here. If he's healthy, he certainly, to me, looks like a guy who fits right into the Giants' starting rotation in 2020. He's arbitration eligible for two more seasons, so the Giants can control him for 2020 and 2021 as well. And he's projected to earn just $2.6 million in arbitration this offseason. Frankly, I'm surprised that the Rockies didn't just continue to retain the rights of Tyler Anderson here. Anderson also has one option remaining. So yeah, anyway, in a corresponding move, the Giants DFA'd Kyle Bearclaw, who really struggled 
2019 and struggled with the Giants as well, not from an ERA standpoint, but if you look behind the numbers, he was walking 22.5% of batters. Small sample, but that's basically what his problem was all season, whether it was with the Giants or with the Nationals. So good luck to Kyle Bearclaw, but definitely to me, a guy with upside in the starting rotation is higher on the depth chart than a guy with some upside, but more red flags in the bullpen. So coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk briefly about these updates to the Giants managerial search and some updates to the coaching staff as well. So that's all coming up next. But first, all right, as promised here in the second half of the show, I want to talk about these managerial updates for the Giants and some updates about their coaching staff as well. So according to Kerry Crowley of Bay Area News Group, Astros bench coach Joe Espada will be in San Francisco today for his second interview with the Giants. So that is what we speculated about yesterday. We also heard that Gabe Kapler interviewed on Monday. So if I had to guess, they probably interviewed Pedro Griefel for the second time at some point in the middle of the week, possibly Wednesday. So we, have, we would have had Kapler on Monday, Griefel on Wednesday, and now Espada on Friday. And it was Alex Pavlovich either yesterday or two days ago, reporting that he hears that the Giants managerial search is down to those three candidates. So just further cementing that idea is the fact that we now have confirmation that Mark Kotze and Hensley Mullins have been told that they're no longer in the running for the Giants opening. So what we heard this morning is that Hensley Mullins is reportedly pursuing an opportunity to become the Marlins hitting coach. We heard that from John Heyman. Actually, Heyman just said he was in conversations with them about filling a coaching spot. But then somebody else, or maybe it was Heyman updating himself later, I saw it somewhere that they're talking about him becoming the hitting coach. And so there's some initial reactions here. The first one might be that some Giants fans might be tempted, again, to think of this as a bad thing and that the Giants taking their time Picking a new manager means that they're losing highly valuable coaches and they're making a mistake by not being faster and what are they doing and they're losing people and what's going on. But my reaction to that is that the Marlins are an undesirable place to be a coach. And so to me, that speaks more to someone like Hensley Mullins. Unfortunately, I would never wish for this for anybody, but being concerned about not being brought back as a member of the Giants coaching staff when whoever this new manager is finally gets hired and they're able to choose their own people. So if you're someone who currently is a member of the old Giants coaching staff, you're concerned about your future in Major League Baseball and you're willing to take a job with the Miami Marlins just to stay in baseball. And it's a tough reality. I've said that phrase numerous times over the last week. But yeah, to me, that's more in line with what's going on than the Giants are just being incompetent and losing their key people. I'm sure you'd rather be the bench coach of the Giants than the hitting coach on the Miami Marlins. And that's what Hensley Mullins would be doing here. We also heard, and this was the confirmation that Mark Kotze is out, that Kotze is returning to the A's in the same role he filled last year. So that leaves three technically unknowns in Bob Guerin, Matt Quattraro, and Will Venable. So in theory, those guys could still be in the running because we're just going based on a source 
who tells Alex Pavlovich that it's just down to Espada, Griefel, and Kapler. I would tend to believe that source. Pavlovich is not the type of guy to say stuff like that from an unreliable source. So I'm pretty sure that that's true. And if it's true, and today is the uh, interview, second interview with Espada, we could get some movement here shortly, perhaps over the weekend or early next week. I don't know if there's going to be a third round, but I mean, down to three people, maybe each guy is going to have multiple meetings, but I don't think they're going to like trim it down to two and then finally make their decision. But yeah, that's what we have for now. I like how the Giants are being so deliberate with this process. I believe the only other two teams looking for managers still are the Mets and Pirates, and there's really no overlap between the candidates. So there's no rush for the Giants here, and they can take their time making the decision that they think is best. So we'll be back with another episode on Monday talking about whatever goes down over the weekend. We should hear about Tony Watson and whether or not he's going to exercise his player option for 2020. The kind of feeling around the industry is that he will decline that option and become a free agent, but we should have that news by Monday. Remember to get this show every weekday. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Please follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik and consider rating the show, leaving a review and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again on Monday. And until then, we'll see you next time. 